Hi, and welcome back to Educators Let's Get Real. I'm Jen. And I'm Danielle. And we will continue our adventure on the happiness journal written by... Um... Sean Anker. There you go. I got Sorry. You. I was looking at... The happiness totally advantage. Yeah. You were looking at a different book. I was looking at a totally <laughs> different book. That is my fault. I apologize. We're going to be starting principle two today. Yeah. So principle one um, is all about this idea that happiness can change your life. And it's uh, a brain science analogy. Basically, happier people are more productive. Um, and in this book, he highlights seven, seven principles um, that help you. And we're just kind of breaking down each principle um, and pertaining it to education and thinking about how does this work. Uh, today's principle is called the fulcrum and the lever. And... I mean, as educators, you probably know about fulcrums and levers. If you're a human that listens and you're not an educator, you probably also know about levers. You think about your science lessons, um, you do. <laughs> so listen, it, it's the same way. Just like a lever can help make lifting things easier, um, we can apply this same principle to our lives and to our mindset. Um, I love the way he explains it here, that the lever is the potential that we believe we have over our lives. And our mindset, um, the potential we think we can obtain. Um, and so when we think about our lives, it's coming down to um, what do you actually believe is possible for yourself? What do you believe is actually possible for your students or your school? Um, what do you believe is possible for your, your personal life, your family? Um, and then the fulcrum here is the mindset that we generate um, with the power we believe we have to make a change. So do you actually believe... Um, that you can make that change change. to reach that potential. And just like you can manipulate a fulcrum and a lever to lift heavy things, um, you can manipulate the fulcrum and the lever of your mindset. Absolutely. Um, Because if you're negative, you're you're moving it and you look at it and you say, gosh, this sucks or I can't do this. It's so hard. This is so hard. The kids will never get it. This is another thing put on our plate. We just have way too much. And you get weighed down by it. So yes, it, it goes way up and your success goes way, way down. down. But yeah. if you can try to find the positive in it and say, well, let's chunk it. Like I think if I chunk it, I might be able, I, I know I'll be able to get myself around it or out of it. Like, yeah. Let's start with this piece or what's something good I can add to it. And I think it's just, uh, I say this so often, but I think it does come back to this belief that we have the power to change our lives. And we have the power to change kids' lives and that our mindset isn't fixed. Um, I think growth mindset is a buzzword in education. and Absolutely. But it's powerful, the true power in growth mindset and the belief that we actually can make a change. Um, thinking about this year personally, it would be really easy to, just, to put my head down and say, I can't fix this. I can't fix so many things that are happening. Um, I'd agree. But, but I have potential to impact them. And I might not change it and it might not be fixed. Um, but I think having something fixed is, I would say it might not be fixed because what really is fixed, but you definitely have the power to impact it either for the good or for the negative. Yeah. And And what you bring your own baggage, your own suitcase that you bring into the classroom, whether you try to avoid it or not is it's still there and it colors how we interact with each other and it colors how we interact with, with our students. Um, and it impacts how we interact with everyone um, because it's the way our brains are wired. And so I think it is, man, the power to change is so, is so big and the ability to change is so big. Your fulcrum can be huge. 
Mm-hmm. If you w- are willing to put in the work and I talk about this all the time, like I can give you the tools and I can tell you all the things and I can hype you up. Um, but, but at the end of the day, it's work and it's personal work and it's work that, um, I can't do for you. So, um, the more we move our fulcrum to the negative mindset, we're never going to get off the ground. So we're never going to be able to make the change and have the impact in the world that we should have. Absolutely. And it's not to say, guys, that you don't, because Danielle and I both do it. You get a negative one. You're oh, like, oh yeah. my gosh, how am I going to do this? This this bite, yeah. like this is horrible. Are you serious right now? I just want to quit. Yeah. But it's giving yourself that 30 seconds to two minutes yeah. to just sit there, be frustrated, but then you have to pull yourself out of it yeah. and say, okay, stop. Let's look at the picture. What is something good I can take out of this or how can I impact it? What, how can I learn from this? How can I make it better? What was something positive, even if it's minute and Danielle's had to work with some of this this year in her (laughs) classroom, but there are positives. Yeah. And I just think, I think it, it is changing the wiring of your brain. Um, I was just at a conference a couple weeks ago and the CEO of this huge company stood up and said, listen, there are days that I don't want to get out of bed and I don't want to do it. And he runs a successful business and you just think, gosh, if he doesn't want to do it some days. And I think I've been talking to people a lot lately is it's really easy to get caught up in social media and everybody's posting their highlight reel. And you're thinking, listen, my life is not great. My life is not great. Mm -hmm. And I think it's easy to get sucked into that negative downward spike downward spiral. Absolutely. Um, and no matter how far you come on this journey, it's never far enough. In my opinion, I've come a really long way. The me I was a decade ago is not the me I am today. Um, but that does, that's not to say I'm not negative. That's not to say I don't get sucked up in the crap basically that happens in the world. Um, and so I think I'm faster at coming out of it than I was a decade ago. And I think that is the strength and the power of, you know, having a fulcrum that moves really close to the positive mindset more often than not, um, is when it does go back, I know how to get it. I know how to move it back to the positive mindset. And sometimes I have found, cause I'm not as far as Danielle in it. And last year was hard. This year is hard. I mean, COVID and then everything else just happening adds a lot to our plates and things are hard. Students are coming with more trauma, which means they're coming with more behavior. They're yeah. learning in different ways than what we were taught to handle. Yeah. Um, sometimes I feel like we're more of a social service than we are educators. Yeah. And it can become very frustrating, mm-hmm. like all these mm-hmm. items put on our plates. But And it is easy to get down. It is easy to say, I'm not getting out of bed and this <laughs> is hard. Screw it. I want to be negative. Yeah. But sometimes it does feel forced when you start trying to get yourself out of it. But the more you practice it, the mm-hmm. more you practice it and remind yourself, it becomes more true and it becomes more of a habit. And I love this one he has in there. It says, in other words, reality is merely our brain's relatively, relative understanding of the world based on where and how we are observing it. Most important, we can change perspective at any moment And by doing so, change our experience of the world around us. Yeah. Yeah. I I was thinking while you were talking, and I've said this on the podcast before, but I think it bears repeating that sometimes the people you put yourself around um, so drastically impact your mindset. 
Um, and I know when I start to go down that rabbit hole of despair and frustration, um, that I got to just put myself among people who are, are positive. I think one of the hardest weeks I had last week, I was going home that night and doing a presentation for my team, um, and are some of the most positive and uplifting people that I know. And I was like, you guys are what got me through the day. Cause I knew coming here was going to be that positive jolt that I personally needed um, to get back to a better mindset because it is easy to get down and it is easy to be frustrated with all the things that happen. Mm -hmm. And our reality is a push is our perception of the world and everybody's perception is, is just a little bit different. Um, and I think putting yourself in a position where you have things and people that you can turn to, um, to support that, support you in that journey, um, to a positive mindset. And sometimes it is just a choice. Sometimes it is just a choice to say, I'm letting go of the negativity. Absolutely. And I'm just going to focus on the good. Or acknowledging, as we've said here a hundred times, yeah, life sucks. It's not always perfect. It's not always butterflies and rainbows. But there are good in every moment. And I truly believe that. And I think just being able to pull from that more often and sometimes what I have to ask myself is, what am I supposed to learn from this situation? Yeah. Like, it wasn't necessarily an awesome situation, but there is something I, I should be learning. So let me go back and reflect on this and maybe see it from a different perspective once I'm calm. Yeah. And see and then take that and learn from it. And if I can take it as a learning experience, it then turns into a positive experience because, oh, maybe this is mm-hmm. how I could have done it or this is what I learned from it. Or maybe I just need to slow down. Or maybe I have too many irons in the fire. Yeah. And I've also learned through some of this, I get, I know, surprise, a lot of things going in my head. So then I start a million goals mm-hmm. and start working on it. And I found this um, wonderful journal. But I have to slow it down to like very specific yeah. month, like one big like monthly goal. But then break it down how you're going to meet it. And then you mark it every single day. But you're really focused. and. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you get derailed, but you have to ask yourself, why or why didn't I make it? What happened? Yeah. And, and it's, it's all okay about, to fall off sometimes. It's that reflection piece that I think is so powerful. Um, and your mind is a crazy thing. So it easily can take you down really weird paths. I love, um, yes. you were joking about some of the studies that he presents in the book. And <laughs> there are two in this chapter that, at the beginning of this chapter, that I think are really powerful. But he takes these 75-year-old men and they put them in this retreat for a week and they are encouraged to pretend like it was 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. They were asked to dress like it. They were talked to talk to um, asked to talk about the president at the time and read the things and watch the things that they normally would okay. have watched 20 years ago, act the way they would have 20 years ago. And out of this comes some crazy things where the men end up um, more flexible, have better posture, have improved strength, better eyesight by 10% and perform better on tests of memory. But why do you think they sit there and say, go out with your girlfriends, have something to look forward to that we talked about before. Your brain is so powerful. And if you are engaged in a time that you loved or it sparks that love, that passion, that interest again, and you feel joyful and happy and, and 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 I think that is so powerful. So nothing else happened in this in this one week in 7 days you guys, a 7 days. day 
a seven-day study where they were fully immersed in 20 years prior and every marker of their health improved. Every marker. And I think that speaks to the power of what your brain is has the potential for. Oh, hands down. Um, and then I love the poison ivy study. I talked about this a lot. <laughs> um, and it's just this idea that people who are highly allergic to poison ivy got rubbed with poison ivy, but told them it was nothing. And then people who weren't allergic to it got rubbed with poison ivy and said they were allergic. Like it was an, it was something that was going to cause a rash, even though it wasn't something they were actually allergic to. The people who were actually highly allergic to poison ivy and were told it was nothing, had no rash and no symptoms. Um, and the people who were told um, it is poison ivy and you're likely going to get a rash did, even if they weren't truly allergic to poison ivy. And again, it's this idea that our brains, our, our reality is what we perceive in our brains, what we tell ourselves in our head impacts so drastically our reality that we actually experience. And I think we've talked about it before. I don't, it, and I don't know, I can't remember if it's on the podcast or we've just discussed it. <laughs> Shocker. <laughs> but when it talks about, like when you wake up in the morning, if you say, gosh, I'm tired, I'm tired, I'm tired. I don't want to go to work. Today's going to be horrible. You are tired. Yeah. And the day ends up being horrible. But if you wake up and say, I'm not tired, even if you are, I'm not, I'm going to go do this. It's going to be a great day. It tends to go better. Yeah. Because yeah. Because how you perceive it. Same thing could have happened. Yeah. It's a perception of how you perceived it and what your brain told you. Yeah. And so I think sometimes it early on, I think in the journey, um, it's a really conscious choice. It's a really conscious choice to wake up and say, um, I don't know. There's a reel going around right now that's like, I'm going to have a good day and today's going to be a great day. But there's something so powerful in there, the brain psychology of something like that, even if it's silly, even if it's a spoof, your, what you tell yourself and that, that internal dialogue that you have with yourself reflects on the outward experience as well. So it's how you interact with your ki- your students and how you interact with your teammates and how you interact with your spouse and your, your personal children all of that internal stuff then impacts your external stuff. Um, think about the last time you had a bad day. You have a bad self internal dialogue, bad self talk. Mm-hmm. You know, you probably Everything got in a wrong. spouse with your fight with your significant other. You probably yelled at your kids when you didn't really want to. You probably had a bad day at school. Something spilled. Yeah, something like, spilled and you blew it up. It was you made it bigger than what it what should have been or needed to be. And it all kind of spirals. And so sometimes for me, it is taking a breath and just reaching for the next best emotion that I can find. Um, and that's sometimes how I think about it. When I'm in that place of despair, I'm not reaching for joy. I'm reaching for, if I'm in despair, maybe I can just get to sadness. If I'm in dis- sadness, maybe I can just get to being okay, right? So reaching for that next best emotion, um, is powerful because it's not always about being able to go from zero to a hundred. No. Sometimes it's going from zero to a half and then a half to one and a half and then a half to one and a half to three, you know, and, and making those baby steps forward. It's chunking it. Yeah, it's chunking it. And I, I read a book a while ago and it's always just, can you just reach for the next best emotion? And I think that's really powerful. So on those bad days and you're mad and, or an extreme of mad, um, can you just reach for the next best feeling? 
Absolutely. And, and it's amazing what your emotions, your mind can do. But if you listen or do the studies on music, yeah. if you listen to sad music, you're more than likely sad. If yeah. you listen to pump up music, it pumps you up. You're yeah. excited. If you listen to like the songs, like there's, I love my career. I'm happy. Mm-hmm. All those, it brings your emotions up. Yeah. And I just think, you know, having, listen, I'm not saying every day is going to be amazing. And if I know anything about teaching in January and February, it's hard. March. March. It feels, <laughs> you know, like the winter months in the classroom are hard. And I think I'm preaching to the choir here where it's like kids are getting restless. You might have several days of indoor recess if you teach somewhere where it's cold. Um, and you're, you yourself aren't getting outside into the sunshine and you're locked yeah. indoors, which also has its own study-wise can make you sad. Yeah. Like if you're not outside, you're not in the sun. And sometimes that's why recess, even for teachers to get it's out there, good. like we've talked about before, yeah. just get out in that sun. But it, it's hard. Yeah. And I, it, it's just something um, that I think requires you to think. And if that visual of the fulcrum and the lever helps you, you know, can you just move the fulcrum a little bit closer to the positive mindset? Just that little bit of a scooch. So here's, as she says that, we're going to give you one more example because oh, yeah. every educator knows this and it's going to start happening, y'all, because <laughs> start talking about how we need to have PDs for next year. And I guarantee you it's going to happen because I'm planning it for, <laughs> for us. So I'm just letting you know where admin's going with all this. But Danielle can explain it because it's much more funny. It's funnier when a teacher explains it um, than an admin. But... Listen, I'll just tell you <laughs> real honestly, as teachers, we sit through a lot of professional development mm-hmm. and... It's really easy. It's, he says in here, most of the time within three minutes, you make a decision about the training. So as a presenter, what that tells me is I've got three minutes to capture your interest, to capture your your engagement. Because in that first three minutes, you're making a judgment call. This is either going to be a waste of my time or this is going to be fantastic. And Excited. I'm ready to go. And I do the same thing as an admin. And I, I do. I go Listen, we sat through some at the beginning of the year and I was like, listen, <laughs> I can't do this today. Um, and, and so what it says is basically you make a decision in the first three minutes. Um, but thinking about it a different way is saying, okay, the objectives that the speaker has do not meet a need that I have. But I am on the lookout today for three things that I can take with me as a learning. And it changes your belief about the training. Mm-hmm. And he said it could, it could be something content-wise that was presented, but it also could be how to present or not present. Listen, all day, every day, what I do is I present yeah. to people. Teachers are presenting all, all day, day long. long. Whether you're presenting to students, whether you're presenting to your team, whether you're presenting, mm-hmm. you're presenting. You are uh, a speaker in your own right. Or something as simple as, you know, blue background with a black font doesn't work. I learned that, right? So like, it could be something as simple as, oh, that's a lot of words on a slide. Or, oh, I wish there was a little bit more. There was, you know, there's different things. So this idea of even something that seems really bad, like a really horrible training, which or a training you've been through. Or a training you've been through or a training you've been through seven times. Or you're like, oh my gosh, it's the same message wrapped in a different... Yeah, or like you're, thinking, paper, you're thinking about the, you know, the sheer amounts of things that you have to do in your own classroom. Mm-hmm. And you're like, you know, I could use these seven hours 
to prep something else. Um, but thinking about how can we make that adjustment and how can I really do my best to try to find something that will actually serve me in some way or some capacity to be the presenter I want to be or not want to be to, to learn content that maybe is being presented. So guys, it's just that simple. Like, do I present that way to my kids or, oh, that is something I might be able to modify and use in my classroom. Yeah. So look for three things. One. I always will tell people, let's start with one. If you can't find three, at least get one. Because I always say, if I can go to a PD and I can pull at least one thing away, then it was worth it. Because I learned one new thing. And learning makes us stronger. It cannot make us weaker. So if I learned one new thing, then it was worth it. And the idea that learning doesn't have to be content. It could be anything. Like, oh, those brown shoes didn't match that speaker's outfit. Like, you know, that is learning, right? I mean, in the same right. So, um, or they had you like do some, some type of activity with a partner or something. And you learned that maybe another teacher had really good knowledge. Yeah. Or something or it that doesn't, you liked. It doesn't come from the speaker. It comes from a communication or a turn and talk, if you will, with the people you're sitting next to. Or the fact that you hate turn and talks. So maybe don't ask your kids to do it. But I, <laughs> I mean, still do that. Absolutely. But no, but I think you can learn something from every presentation so guys meetings are going to start up you know they are and then you're going to be in summer pds because let's be honest you don't take the whole summer off and you're going to go to them so you can become stronger and you're going to sit in some and be like i could be at the pool right now or i could be hiking right now you're going to think of things but you're not you're there so how can you make it the best experience for you to grow Yes. And it might be personally, it might be professionally, but you can do it. So your homework is to think of a current problem that you might be having and what can you learn from it or what can you pull from it? So it could be a meeting that your principal pulls or your central admin pulls. It could be a PLC meeting. It could be something in the classroom. It could be something personal. Yeah. Yeah. And but can you reframe it and find something? Something that you can take away from it in a positive light. Yeah. So that is our homework for you. We hope you guys have a fabulous week. Bye.